It is Friday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, and that means it is time for JP2 Morning Crew. It's good to be with you. Friday, February 9th, we're less than a week away from the beginning of Lent. I, I can't believe it. My name is Brandon Clark, coming to you from the Morning Crew studio, and co-hosting with me today is Steve Sponskowski. Hey, Steve. Hey, Brandon. How's it going today? I am blessed, very, very blessed, and that's all I can think about is just the many blessings today. How about yourself? You know, it's it's going pretty well. Uh, you know, it's just kind of entering, getting close to entering into the the Lenten season, a, a kind of a shift, a shift of the heart, a shift of the mind, and uh, just uh, preparing for that and allowing the Lord to to guide that process. Yeah, well, on that point, this coming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. We're not going to talk about what we're giving up for Lent, minus chocolate, but that's beside the point. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, but I'll say this. What are you looking forward to about the season of Lent? Or are you even looking forward to the season of Lent? Yeah, I think that's a, a funny question, Brandon. It's looking forward to the season. Of course, I'm looking forward to it because it's in front of me. Um, but I'm not really a great person for suffering. I, when I was raising our kids, we kind of made the joke at the table. I'd say, please pass the suffering. I don't think that's what I'm going to be asking for. <laughs> I'm going to be asking for something you know, uh, better than that. But oftentimes we know that without without some suffering, uh, without some opportunity to you know create space for the Lord to give us another gift, I guess, be a way to look at it. Um, there really isn't that opportunity to receive. And so I think Lent is that great opportunity, opportunity to receive. We, we empty ourselves so he can fill us. Yeah, I think that's a good point. When I look forward to Lent, I think about discipline because I, in general, am just not a disciplined person sometimes. And I would like to be, but I just struggle with that. And so Lent really is an opportunity for me to return to uh, a prayer life for one and making sure that I have that consistent prayer life that can linger on beyond the East or beyond Lent into the Easter season, into ordinary time, right? But then just opportunities to look for sacrifice and being able to offer that for my family. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to, I think. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Suffering. I'm not a huge fan of suffering. <laughs> right. I don't know. And I know that's many of the saints have said they really enjoyed suffering. I think, gosh, I don't have that gift. So I guess I'll have to pray for that gift to enjoy suffering. What I do, I will say this, though. Oftentimes, you know, when you when you struggle, when there's a difficulty, one does start to recognize that the Lord allows suffering, allows struggle, because he has such an amazing gift uh, in, in mind for us after that. And so I, I have had times where entering into a struggle and think, okay, I know there's a gift after this, so Lord, help me to focus on the gift. And so I think that is, again, talking about Lent, we're focused on Easter because we enter into Lent. The only reason we enter into Lent is because there is a joy that comes from the resurrection. And that's why we don't enter into suffering because we like to suffer necessarily, but because of the gift that we receive in that. Yeah. Well, this morning on the show, we're pleased to welcome Father Edward Hornin, who is a priest here in the Diocese of San Diego. He's also, Steve, one of the founding members of JP2 Radio. Absolutely. We've had a father on before. Good morning, Father. Nice to talk with you. 
Good morning to both of you. It's uh, great to be with you. Before we get started here, Father, would you just kind of start us off in a prayer and uh, help us to enter into the presence of the Lord as we visit? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pour out, Lord God, Heavenly Father, a spirit of prayer into each one of us that as we move from ordinary time to Lent, it might be a time of renewal, of deeper love of you and of others. Help us to embrace the disciplines of Lent so that we might be transformed by your Spirit, the Spirit of your Son. And if you will, Lord God, that we come out on the other side into the Easter season, a new creation, uh, more faithful disciples of your Son. We ask your blessing upon our time this morning and everyone who is joining in, listening in. Uh, we ask you, Lord, to touch their hearts and to receive their intercessory prayers. We cast our cares to you because you care for us. And I ask that you bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father Ed Horning. And, you know, I, I, as we're talking about uh, Lent and ordinary time, it's kind of Catholic speak. And I know that, uh, you know, a lot of us who are, are very active in our faith really understand this. But I know we have a lot of listeners, too, who are maybe returning to their Catholic faith and or even those who aren't Catholic are saying, what is all this 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 Christmas season, ordinary time, Easter season, Advent? What does this all mean? And, and, and let's I know we're wrapping up the ordinary time here. But, Father, can we can you kind of give us an overview of what does that all mean? What is that whole cycle in the church? Why do we have all these seasons? Within the course of a year, we celebrate all the mysteries that pertain to Christ's life, his conception, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. So it's a real blessing to, to be taken to those events throughout the year. And not everything is Christmas and childhood. Not everything is, as the season we're in right now, ordinary time. Uh, we're preparing for Lent which is a time of, it is a time of reflection. It's a time perhaps of self-denial um, as a means to become a better disciple uh, with Jesus. So to celebrate uh, the Lord's resurrection and Easter. So within the course of a year, we celebrate the events that pertain to Christ's life. Uh, and we just are coming out of the first, which is the shortest one of the, uh, one of the shortest, um, it's a short ordinary time between Christmas and Lent. Uh, the longest ordinary time happens between Easter and Advent. So you think of a family and how many anniversaries and birthdays and events that happen, maybe special events, uh, maybe a, a graduation happens one year, doesn't happen another year. God has made us members of his family, and we have these anniversaries, if you will, or, you know, as we believe as Catholics, the liturgy takes us to those events. When we hear the gospel at mass, it is an event. It's not just, okay, yeah, it's a story about Jesus. We're going to stand up and no, uh, it's an event. So um, I think we're just so blessed within the course of a year to go through these different movements. And um, like you, Steve, I, I, I am not... I don't look forward to Lent at all, never do. <laughs> but but as we're in it, as we get closer to the end of Lent, usually I say, oh, yeah, this is right. The Lord is right. I, you know, I reluctantly go into Lent, but I, I see what, what, you know, what God has, you know, in plan for us. Absolutely. What a great explanation. 
many of us, Father, can be a little last minute when it comes to Lent, thinking about what to give up or what to add. But I want to take this time to talk about this is a new year and we're still very early into the year, right? Let's talk about a new way to approach this season of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving in a way that maybe was different from the past. Yeah, for that, uh, there are probably your listeners know better than I do. There's different apps and different devotionals that are out there. Um, there's this little, I think it's called Little Black Book from the diocese uh, in the north. And it's really well done, has daily reflections, and it prepares the faithful for maybe two or three plans of action, one being a spiritual, one being a mercy, and um, maybe one being uh, a, a sacrifice of sorts keeping it simple, but, uh, and then there's maybe like the hallowed app that the Bishop Barron every year. Um, there's a lot out there. You could be overwhelmed with all the Lenten resources. I think maybe St. Paul center has one, you know, even simply listen to Catholic radio each day will be presented with opportunities. The gospels are different during Lent, the themes from the first readings in, in, in the, in the mass. And if you do the liturgy, of the hour, so the church does provide a liturgical framework, but then there are also many, um, I wouldn't say competing, but there are just many opportunities. Uh, my suggestion is maybe go through them now, if you would, uh, and pick, maybe pick a an app or the pick a program, if you will, so that um, you can make the most perhaps of Lent. That's just a, maybe a suggestion I might have for this year's Lent. Yeah, I think I, I like that idea too, Brandon, of entering into a new, again, every year is a new opportunity to uh, relook at what the Lord is doing. Uh, oftentimes we have that, we go into Lent with an idea, something we give up, or as you mentioned, Brandon, some added prayers. We can always stop and say, now, what did I keep throughout the year? Because again, just in Lent is not a time to just, I'm just going to do this during Lent and then I'm going to stop doing it the rest of the year. Obviously there's pieces of that but there can be that thing, that res residual thing that we carry throughout the rest of the year. Um, and Father, as we as we do that, as we enter into Lent, is, is it good to start out in a certain sense with with an end in mind, like entering into the conversation with the Lord saying, Lord, what do I really need to work on? And then in Lent, where can I focus on it very, you know, be very focused, but then also try to carry that out through the year? There's some suggestions on how to look at that. I think your question is right, Lord, what is it that you want of me? You know, uh, Lord, what are you asking of me? Where are you calling me to? Um, what what vice are you calling me to root out of my life? Where do you want me to, to grow, uh, Lord? Uh, so, yeah, I think asking that question and, and being open even to the hard questions uh, perhaps virtue or uh, that difficult resolution that the Lord is asking of. Um, yeah, it's to be open and maybe even a, a trusted friend, a spiritual director, some we might ask, you know, what do you think I should do for letting, maybe having a conversation with others, bounce ideas off each other. Father, any other pre-Lenten reflections that you'd have for our listeners as we get closer and closer to the season? Uh, I am going to value every last second of ordinary time <laughs> before going into the Lenten season because Lent, Lent hits early this year and Easter is going to be 
earlier than what we are normally accustomed to. So uh, especially now since we're Friday, I think these are the last few days. Uh, really try and set aside time to make the most of this Lenten season. How about ordinary time? You you mentioned the last few days of ordinary time. Any suggestions for living those out those last few days? Well, ordinary time is awesome because we kind of follow the Lord in his public ministry. That's kind of the main framework for ordinary time. And not everything in life is celebration and not everything in life is sacrifice. Really, most of uh, ordinary... Our lives are fairly ordinary, and that's where it's at. That you know, following Jesus in the ordinariness of life, or the responsibilities of our vocation, maybe the um, the demands of of work, or um, you know, so holiness of life, charity, it lived day to day, and that's where our witness is either credible or not credible. You know, so um, I I I just love like this past. The gospel for this past Sunday is my favorite gospel. And it's Jesus, uh, I think, four things. He's spending time in prayer with his father at night and in the morning. And then he's going from village to village proclaiming the good news. He's casting out evil spirits. In this past gospel, he healed Simon's uh, mother-in-law. Uh, so he's he's proclaiming, he's delivering, he's healing, he's praying. And that was kind of his day-to-day -day ordinary. And that's kind of like my life as a as a priest. You know, I, I get to, to do that in his name. And so uh, I just, uh, ordinary time and and the ordinariness of life, I really just, it's my favorite time, ordinary time. So <laughs> I love that, that uh, image, Father, that you gave that really it should be ordinary for us to forgive and to heal and to, and, and, and not only just for you as a priest, Father, too, right? We as, as laity are called to live that. Wouldn't that be beautiful if we understood that that was that was ordinary for us to uh to heal to bring people to christ um on a daily basis what a, what a great image uh, for us to remember that it's not just you know it's not just ordinary it's it's ordinary and this is what we do we, we make the world a different place because of our belief in christ yeah you think of the word ordained uh christ is giving the orders to extend his kingdom and that's not just for priests it's for everybody so yeah and it's almost like we're taking the ordinary and making it extraordinary by by bringing Jesus into each of those moments and, and walking with him, Father. For sure, for sure. Um, if our if our witness is authentic and real, people might uh, also pay attention to the words that we say as well. You know, so um, yeah, God sees all. God loves us very much, and uh, it's a it's a daunting, but I think blessed task to to live in friendship with the Lord. Amen to that. If you're just tuning in, this is the JP2 Morning Crew on JP2 Catholic Radio Network. In studio this morning, we're visiting with Father Edward Horning. He is a priest of the Diocese of San Diego, and we're talking about wrapping up ordinary time and preparing for Lent. But I think we do want to shift gears now because I, th I think another part of the conversation in hearing the Lord's calling, not just for Lent, but for our lives would be vocations. So Father, you were ordained in 2004 and have spent the past 20 years in various assignments in the Imperial Valley. Talk about the joy of priesthood and the honor of serving so many parishioners over the years. It's a blessing. 
to to do what Jesus did, you know, to um, both just to forgive sins, to to bless, uh, to preach the gospel, uh, to share the teachings of the church. Each day is unlike the other. There's what I, I like particularly about here. There's a lot of action. So it, it reminds me of the gospel of Mark where, you know, you, you don't know what could happen from one day to the next, you know, uh, and the, the trust that the Lord has in sending those people, because I, I'm not doing any, you know, it's his Holy spirit that is moving people, for example, to, to confession, to conversion. I have often said that if we were to do, have more people maybe do a, a ride along with a priest, th their faith would be increased just because there's, there's still many miracles that are taking place, whether it's a miracle of conversion or a miracle of physical healing or, uh, uh, a miracle of forgiving the person that has offended. Uh, so I, I'm blessed to be in kind of like the backyard of our diocese. Uh, it's a, for me to be an imperial is kind of like a, a way for me to be a missionary in my own diocese. Uh, um, so I love being a priest, and I, I love particularly being in this region. Uh, it's it's just, it's not a it's not like the city life. It's not there's not much there's no traffic. <laughs> there's not too not as many stoplights here that as there are in San Diego, but there is a lot of work to be done. And um, I, I enjoy that. I, I just feel so blessed to be a priest and first and foremost, and then to be a priest here in the Imperial Valley. Absolutely. And let's, let's back, uh, back, let's uh, go back a little bit father for years, uh, back to your pre ordination years. Tell us a little bit about that call uh, of, of Christ when he called you to the priesthood. Do you remember perhaps that first encounter where you thought, hmm, maybe this is something I'm called to. It was gradual through my studies at San Diego State. I was uh, going to Mass each day and going to adoration a couple times a week and had a pretty good prayer life. And the, 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 the call was welling up within me and I fought against it. And then it kept getting stronger. And then the Lord kept using other interventions that were more jolting and, and in my face. And so I finally could get to a point where I could say, okay, Lord, all the vocations are wonderful. Uh, you tip the balance. And he kept tipping the balance towards priesthood. And I said, okay, no, no, we're going to do that again. <laughs> so reset. Okay. We're going to do it. And the Lord never played with me. He always was constant, um, but merciful and gentle. And the call grew so intense that, you know, I, I said, yes. And then just kind of a flood of joy. And so on graduating from San Diego State, I entered into our seminary here for our diocese in San Diego. Once I entered, I never looked back. Uh, there were uh, struggles during the seminary, but those were blessed days. Uh, a seminary just, it, it's, um, yeah, it would, yeah, thanks be to God. It's, seminary days are like being with Jesus. And then priesthood is like being sent out, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the apostles were with the Lord those three years, uh, the other disciples. It's kind of like seminary life. And then, um, you know, receiving the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, receiving holy orders. And then they didn't really see each other that worked so closely. You know, those apostles, they went to different parts of, 
of the world, you know. And so, uh, likewise, in seminary, I don't get to see my classmates hardly anymore. Uh, but we're all in different parts of the world, and uh, so yeah, yeah. I love what you're saying about just the gentleness of the Lord and how He really never forces our hand. I think there's an invitation here for our listeners, Father. Right? This this invitation from the Lord to journey into relationship with Him, but. As it says in Revelation, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And we see that image, right, where there actually isn't the handle on the outside of the door. It's on the inside of the door. Yeah, the door, the household can be that uh, represent your residence, but also represent your heart, you know. And so um, perhaps more in Lent than in ordinary time, although the question is valid for both, for both is Jesus the center of my life or is he someone with whom I tune into from time to time? Uh, he never wants to force himself to the inside, but as you said, you know, with great love, uh, is at the door and knocks. So, yeah. I was thinking about that image, Brandon, as you brought it up and I'm, as I'm remembering that image of Christ knocking at the door, there's a window in that door um, that you actually can look out and see who is knocking. Um, and so, and the Lord does reveal himself in that sense where he doesn't, he doesn't force himself or, you know, he does surprise us sometimes, but very often when we're surprised, we're like, oh, I didn't, okay. I didn't really expect to meet you here, but then I should have known that you were here. Um, and I think that's a, a great reminder and, and, and talking about that father too, I, you know, as you, as you were journeying in this, this, uh, response to the call to the priesthood. Um, were there times, as we were talking about Lent here and suffering, were there times where there was some suffering where you thought that that there was this sense that maybe it was pushing you away, but you realized that it was an invitation to move forward even more strongly um, with resolve towards that call? About halfway through my seminary formation, I went through a long dry period in prayer. Uh, we might call it a desolation. Uh, so it it was kind of a slog. Uh, for for prayer, for being in front of the Lord. And it was a time perhaps where I maybe wasn't hearing the Lord, but was still uh, confirmed in the seminary vocation. This was also when many lawsuits and, and uh, a lot of uh, bad things were being exposed to the public and, to, and, to, and through the press. So it was really demoralizing, you know, it was really kind of, but also at the same time, an invitation. Well, I'd have no intention to commit any type of sin. Uh, I have no intention of living, you know, hurting anybody. Uh, and so uh, we were being, you know, in general, the media was saying all priests are this, all priests are this, and this is what, you know. And so even at the time of my ordination, people were saying, oh, another, another two more guys have been ordained. Well, they're probably going to be, you know, uh, terrible sinners. And so that, that was humbling, but it wasn't anything that was moving me away either from the Lord or from the calling, but it was certainly a difficult time uh, for the church. And then for us as seminarians and for me personally, uh, it, it, it coincided with the time of, of desolation and difficulty. Thankfully I haven't had, a time of desolation as intense and as heavy since then. And, you know, I, I, the Lord certainly, if he desires to, could could allow that to happen. But uh, it was difficult, 
it was a, it was longer than a Lenten season for me. It was like a long Lent, but um, but thankfully the Lord never left me, and I I believe and I hope that it had has made me a better priest. Yeah, yeah I think uh, that's also something that we can just take to prayer as well, and recognizing that. If we listening this morning happen to be going through a time of desolation, the Lord is never leaving us. The Lord is always with us. And in fact, I really believe that he's closer than ever in those times of desolation, Father. For sure. And as particularly as you look back um, and say, oh, wow, yeah, the Lord was with me. But in that moment, like, Lord, where are you? I need your help. I I, I, I would love to feel your love, your presence. Um, so don't give up. If you're in a state of desolation, Continue as hard as it is to uh, be available to the Lord in prayer, visiting the Blessed Sacrament, receiving the sacraments. Um, yeah, there will be an end to that desolation and that difficult time. Uh, so hang in there. Yeah, I think that's a great reminder, too, to remember that when you have times of consolation, when you really do feel the presence of the Lord, note that time. Note that time, because then when you get into the desolation, you can return to that time, at least in your heart, and remember, okay, the Lord was here, and he has stepped away for a little bit, or it's, and he hasn't, but he, it appears that he has stepped away for a bit, um, and he's going to come back. And I think that can carry us through the desolation. At least that's kind of what's helped me, Father. Does that uh, ring true for you, too? Yes, it does. Yep. Father, we just have a couple minutes left here. As we mentioned in introducing you, you're actually one of the founding members of JP2 Radio. You saw a need for it. Let's talk a little bit about that as we close. In in talking about the importance of Catholic radio in general, but then also the need for local Catholic radio networks like JP2. I it was a mixture of emotion, like a sense of urgency, um uh, a, a sense of maybe a little bit of desperation uh, and kind of maybe jealousy, like why can't we have Catholic radio here in the Valley or in San Diego? And uh, so th thankfully it started with the desire and uh, now there's Catholic radio in English and in Spanish, both in San Diego and here in our county. So um, it took a long, a lot of work to to get to this point and i hope it is able to continue and i hope we're faithful as well that that lives are touched that the gospel is proclaimed that mm, people are nourished by by catholic radio so i i thank god i thank god that that we have catholic radio um and i hope it continues and i thank god that he allowed me to be at least a small part of it yeah well, thank you for your yes, Father, to that that small part, as you call it. Um, but of course, our small part—that yes, the Lord takes and just He He expounds upon that, does great things. As we often talk about, Catholic Radio has been around now for 25 years. I think we're going to start to see the fruits, the fruits of those labors, um, now coming out in the next 10 to 15 years, and it's, I think it's going to be an exciting time that uh, a lot of seeds have been sown. So it's a great opportunity. So thank you for your yes. And I think one of those fruits, Steve, is vocations. We hear about the vocations to the priesthood and the religious life coming through Catholic radio. So, Father, you know, we we had a section in our conversation this morning talking about vocations, like the two work simultaneously together. For sure. The, the general call that we have to the discipleship, the holiness and love, but also to be fishers of men and women, 
um, whether that's in the single state, married state, ordained state, we, we, there are many common foundations to all of the vocations in the church, uh, including priesthood. So, yeah. About 30 seconds left here, Father. Any final thoughts that you want to share this morning? Have a blessed Lent, everybody. The Lord loves you very much. The Lord loves you totally, faithfully, sacrificially, unconditionally. Every one of you is unique, unrepeatable, irreplaceable, precious. So I just want to invite you to deep friendship and relationship with the Lord this Lent. I hope it's a dynamic, the best Lent of your life. Thank you, Father. It has been a joy to visit with you, and we would love to have you on again. Great. Sure thing. Yeah, let me know. To our listeners, if you missed any of the show this morning, you can just head to our website, jp2radio.com, and look us up under the JP2 podcast, Morning Crew podcast, under programming. We're also on YouTube, so if you'd rather watch the show, you can do that as well. Steve, any final thoughts from you this morning? Well, Brandon, we'd also like to thank carsforbabies.com. That's carsforbabies.com for their support of the JP2 Catholic Radio Network and for the JP2 Morning Crew, their support of this work that we're doing right now. And Father Ed, always a great honor to visit with you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Next week on The Morning Crew, we're going to visit with a powerhouse in the pro-life movement, John Hinterlong. He's the VP of the Right to Life League, producer of the movie Unplanned, came out in 2019, and he's organizing a March for Men, calling men to take up their role in serving and protecting women, especially in this vital area. It's a show you don't want to miss, and that's next Friday right here on JP2 Radio at 9 a.m. That's all for us today, but up next we have Life is Worth Living with Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Always a great lesson to hear from the Archbishop, something to learn, something to take to prayer. We'll talk to you again next week. God bless.